Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your hard time. Good evening. I'm host Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror. Tonight's show is a kind of a different show. Why? Because our new guest is Mrs. Daphne, Stephanie, uh, Daphne Alston, co-founder of Moms, or Mothers of Murdered Sons and Daughters of Maryland. When I first met Mrs. Alston and she told me about Moms, I was instantly excited about it and wanted her to be a guest on my show. Why? Because this is something that we don't hear too much about. A group of supporters that whose children have been murdered. So without further ado, let me welcome Mrs. Daphne Alston to the man or the on the mirror. Welcome, Miss Daphne. Welcome, Miss Alex. How are you? I am fine. Now I'm going to give everybody a brief description of um your group called Moms. Now, um, their purpose is to give moral support to all whose sons, daughters, or family members have been murdered by reaching out to them via telephone, email, 24-hour telephone support, and those times when they are overwhelmed with grief and to teach communities how to reclaim their communities from violence, to save one life as if you have saved the entire world. We do this by reinvesting in our children, i.e. communicating with all youth in the community by mentoring at-risk young men or women, lobbying for programs at local boys and girls, rec centers, pile centers, and YMCAs, to teach them about bullying, aggression, conflict resolution, anger management, and better decision-making, lobbying to our politicians to change gun laws. Another thing is our thoughts and prayers go out to all parents who have been experienced the pain of burying a child. No parent should have to bury their child. This pain is perpetual, but we can work together to save a child and to see that another parent does not experience this gut-wrenching pain. They say God does not give us what we cannot handle. He gives us the pain to go out and make a difference. We should not let our family members be in vain. Now, with that, we're going to go back and um, just give you a brief description of what Moms is about. And, and again, Ms. Daphne Alston is co-founder of Moms. And um, Ms. Daphne, please give us a little more info about yourself and your family and why you created such a great cause to help other mothers like yourself. Sure. Um, back in July of 2008, it was on a Sunday evening, or actually a Sunday night, my son went to a neighborhood party, 10 o'clock. We were about 11, 30 friends that he went out or called back to the home and said that Tyreek has been shot. So my first response, I said, y'all stop playing and get back to this house. So that's not good to play like that. And so then a young lady called, I guess about 10 minutes later, she was screaming on the phone, which was Tyree's girlfriend at the time. Miss Daphne, Miss Daphne, somebody just called my cell phone, said Tyree was shot at the park. So I said, Where, where's the party? She said, at the fire station. And so my husband and brother, they went down there. They couldn't find We went to all the local fire stations in the neighborhood. So they came back to the house about five minutes to 12, uh, Tyree friend called again. He said, Miss Austin, where are y'all? We're not playing. I said, well, they said we went to Joplin, Magnolia Fire Station, Joplin there. So my husband and brother went back to the scene, and that's when they drove up on the scene. And from that night, you know, he was taken to the ambulance, and he was pronounced dead at 1238. I didn't go to the hospital. I was at home with my grandchildren. And my parents, everybody, by the time they gathered at my home, and then the next uh, Tyree died at 12.38. So that was a life-changing experience for me right at that moment. 
And then I guess getting through the week, and probably like that Wednesday, young lady, Miss Mildred Sammy, came to me, whose son had been murdered a year prior to mine. She came to the, to the home offering me help and just being there for me, support. I didn't think myself and my family needed at that time. So we got through that and got through the funeral and all, and then I met her again, and I was just so sad and disarrayed and all. So she was, too, still going through a great process. So I said, you know what? I wonder how many other parents are feeling the way we're feeling, because at that time I had nobody to talk to because nobody I knew had experienced anything like that. And so we said, well, let's just form a little organization. And that's how the organization got started. And that's going into today. We're constantly in contact with moms, dads, and other family members. Who go, Yesterday was a tough day for all of us. It was another holiday. Everybody knows that's hard to get over. I had new moms who just lost their sons in the last two or three weeks. So yesterday was a difficult day. And so we made phone calls and texts, and we all got through it. So that's why this organization is so important to keep us going. Wow, and, that is uh, something. Like a blink yeah, in the eye. Yeah. It's like a blink in the eye, your whole life changed. I do uh, I do understand that because um, actually a friend of mine, um, my best friend, one of her friend's sons, actually died the same way a couple, few months ago during the summer, wrong place at the wrong time, and he was shot mm-hmm. and murdered. You know, going out the same way doing something, and someone you know shot him, and it was actually an you know accident, wrong person, wrong time. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it's going on rampantly in our community. And you basically actually um, answer one of my next questions. You know, what was your initial reactions to it? And and you also said, give us more, you know, about how did you and Ms. Mildred Sammy come together to create moms? Well, again, Ms. Sammy was on a community council out here in Harford County, and that particular Wednesday, uh, her and some county councilmen came to my home. They came to my home, and, you know, like I said, they came and they brought concern, and they talked to my husband and I, said if we needed anything, you know, the community was there for us, so that's how we got started. I mean, well, that's how we met. Come to find out, both our boys had played on the basketball and the varsity basketball team together a few years back. So yes, they had a lot more common than we thought they did. So we just start going out to lunch, going to dinner, and then we start going to community council meetings. And, of course, we shared about how the violence was starting to pick up out here. And, you know, our sons was murdered. And so we, the neighborhood and the neighbors actually got us started. So they little mom, they, they entered that community. So we started reaching out to the boys and girls, but just call and say, well, back in September, we did what we call an annual community healing night, and we sent out flyers and emails and Because at that time, we started, I think we probably was on about our fourth murder. We were a black man, and we were like, something is not right here. So we start. we we came up with the idea of a community healing night, and that's actually how we got started. A lot of attendance from the community, maybe three or four hundred people, a lot of children. We had entertainment, food, guest speakers. And so that was our first. We've been doing a lot of that. We we volunteered the Boys and Girls Club. We do a lock ins where we lock the kids in on the weekend. We have food. Most important, we have people coming and talking to them all the time about violence, how to dismiss violence. Um, when you're mad at someone, what to do, bullying, you know, things of that nature try to occur. And we can say with tremendous success, we are probably have really, really put a damper in it because very seldom do you hear anything out here. Maybe once in a while, there's nothing like it that it was. So then we engaged ourselves with Baltimore City because, especially the particular West Side, they were really going through and still going through. 
I talked to my pastor, Colonel Wolf Avenue, he started allowing us to use his facility to invite, you know, other parents and stuff. And we've had politicians come in, police commissioner, uh, all kinds of state states' attorneys, all different people in different capacities come in speaking to the moms and parents. We we work on committees. Uh, we want to start going to the schools, talking to the kids about nonviolence. You know, try to start at a younger age because it's so important. And we we always open the door to the community the second Sunday of every month to come in. You know, mothers who grieve, you know, somebody just got community questions, how they want to be of help. But through all of this, I mean, we average about two or three hundred murders a year in Baltimore City. But the attendance is really, really so low. The concern is so low. And I think what happens is after the funeral and all, you just feel like there's nothing you can do. There's no help. You just but there is. Mm-hmm. We take our children's lives, and we don't let them die in vain. And we take our children's lives. And we've been to Annapolis. We've been House of Representatives, the Senate for Gun Control Lobby. October, they just passed uh, the fish of the Christopher Brown law. He's, he's the young man that was murdered. Was, he was strangled by the Baltimore County Office back in Randallstown two years ago. That law mm-hmm. is taken forward in October. So, you know, we're pushing forward. Right now, we're working on a, a police brutality committee. We're a task team with. Um, Police Commissioner Bats, we meet once a month with him, and we discuss an idea how we can be helpful to the police. We're going to come up with some pamphlets. He want to pass out to all the police about how they should feel these young people in the street and these situations. So we're working on a lot of, um, we're in small little places, but we kind of like everywhere, actually. Some big ideas. So basically, that's what we do. Okay. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Um, you did mention the um, a couple statistics about um, Baltimore City um, uh, or Baltimore County or the counties in the surrounding Baltimore area. Now, um, when I first myself came to Baltimore, you know, I didn't think you would not have any crime in the county surrounding county areas. So, you know, what are statistics between the county areas of, you know, murder, the murder rate compared to those in Baltimore City? Very, very low. The, the county, I think Baltimore County may have uh, probably the lowest homicide in, in any county in any of the states that's what they were here in. And uh, out here, of course, in Hartford County, we're much smaller, but we were, Started, I think we've had about 18 over the last seven years. About 18 oh, over the last low. seven years. That's low. Uh, it, it's very low. The city is so much larger and so much wider. So you really can't. I always talk to my son's um, state's attorney because, you know, my son's case. None of these cases out here, I want to tell you, are solved. But Miss Miller saved me, son. Everybody else, we're still looking for justice for our children, and that's one problem that we have out here. Harvey County has no interest in solving these cases or anything, so we've really been on top of that. Lately, we plan on doing a little march or something out there to Bel Air because they're just not solving these cases. Like, they don't have any interest in it. So, I mean... The statistics of a Baltimore city, that's why we came out to the city. It does not make sense for all the years. When we got into it seven years ago, six years ago, they was up to 500-some murders a year. And there was no outcry from the community or from parents or that an organization like this has not been started years ago. It just baffles me. And that's, again, that's the lack of church and community and leadership. You know, that's in Baltimore City. That is, that they don't want, they don't fight it. 
Thank and you, God. And you're right. And one of the things I didn't read or, you know, did my research on, with the lack of taking a lot of the rec centers out, you know, not too many power centers around anymore, and so our children do not have anywhere to go for safety, you know, because of budget cuts, because of money, because, you know, you know, it's not just, it's not just there. So when the summer times when most of this stuff is happening and our children are elsewhere in a community, this is where the crime, this is where the murders are happening at. So what are they, you know, have they said, has the, you know, city hall or the government said, what are they going to do about that? Well, they talk about a lot, and you know, with the wrecks and, you know, everything has hit. Economists taking advice out of a lot of things. But I don't necessarily, you know, pun intended, I don't talk, really talk to them about what they do in my recreation and stuff like that. We have to start out with parenting, period. Okay. Or perhaps not becoming a parent until that you're ready to become a parent because a lot of this stuff can be tackled with at home. Okay. We had, you know, I just see the lack of parenting. I see lack of teaching. I see lack of policing. I see a lack of education. It's a big social issue that we have. The, the children being murdered is just the, the bomb that went off, you know. Nobody take, pays attention to the making of the bomb. When the bomb okay. goes off, everybody is off. We, we we are not proactive here. We react to every single thing. And the crime rate, and I'm going to tell you, they give every, every family about 5000 between 5000 and $45,000, depending on whether that was a, to pay for funeral expense, if you heard on the streets of Baltimore, murder, or they pay for the crime scene, they pay... If we have children, each one of them children is entitled to some money from the Victim of Violence Fund. The state puts a lot of money in crime. So, of course, if the money's got to go all be allocated to that, then something's going to suffer, and that's going to be your your recreation centers and stuff that people don't utilize. If those places was there, so then the people stop coming. Okay. And then the volunteers okay. stop coming. So the, the community is down. It's failed. Okay. So you don't so utilize what's in a community, it's going, they're going to get rid of it. So basically, we're feeling ourselves by not doing the correct the correct parenting because everything begins at home. Everything begins at home. When we have parents, it's younger, younger, and younger. And that means you have younger, younger grandparents who base you on ready to settle in and really give up their selves, you know. So now... Well, my kids in the era, I guess in the eighties, we we had the VCR. We put the VCR in there and let the raise, raise our kids. You know what I mean? Because we were running, trying to maintain a home. Everybody want two cars and a house, a TV in every room. I mean, you had to be away from your children. I mean, you couldn't afford babysitting. So then we had the latch keys, and you let them come in. And then the kids that just have always been left out, always. Okay. Right, and that has been going on for years and years and years. But now, it's like you said, it was like a ticking bomb. The yeah. bomb just exploded, it and just now exploded. you know when things make no when things make noise, that's when we react. That's right. All right. That's my right. next question um, that I got off your website is: What is meant by loss creates a bond with one another? Well. You you search for somebody that's basically going through the same thing that you're going through. So I have five biological sisters and one brother, but I cannot overindulge them every day with my pain and talking about my son, or even though they listen. But I choose, you know, there's so many mom we get together and we and we want to talk about it for 89 days straight. You know what I mean? That's what we did. You have been birthed a whole new family, a whole new bondage with other people. Because now you're in a whole different place in your life. There's a missing, something missing in your life. And we we bond with the other women all because we all have that in common. 
and some men too, you know, men come to the meetings and all. We, we just bond together. We fill in that missing link. And that's basically what the bonding is. Unless okay. we all got one common thing that that we all know that we have in common. That's never going to change. Okay. And I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And um, another question that I have is, please give us some information on your support group that you have for other mothers and you know, in your same shoes, or and as you mentioned, as fathers as well. Um, you want our personal information or information when these things happen? How do we when the get things, a hold you know, of them? When things happen, right. You know, when you hold well, your basically, we get our information from the news. Of course, I'll be watching the news at night, and we'll find out. we actually get the street or the address. Myself, I'm in Sammy. we get to that street or call, you know, the police officer, and they tell us what the incident was. And we go we go to each one of those parents. We go to every parent that we can get a hold of that allows us in. And, you know, now we walk with papers and all because we have resources for place out of the, out of the way as far as how I'm going to pay for the funeral and get a funeral home director, things like that. So, well, we, we and we speak in every funeral, and the reason why we that's so important is because that is going to be the only time that you're going to be able to talk to that young crowd about violence, senseless violence, and murders, and stuff. And what they're doing is that those viewings and at those funerals, and to this day, we still do not get that clarity or those community leaders to come out and, and take optimize that opportunity to talk to young young people. So that's why it's very, very important. And we can hear a pin drop sometime when we are talking. Most of those funerals, it's always will be two or three hundred of young men and women in those funerals. And that's how we um that's how we grow. And that's how we meet we meet the parents and all. We do a lot of marching, especially in the summer. Handing out, you know, literature. Well, we basically try to be at every funeral. If I can't now, we grow. We got about seven moms. Like, we rotate a funeral because everybody, like, some days I work a lot. So one mom would do that. Now we, we've been hooked up with the ceasefire team from Baltimore City. Uh, we work doing some work with Roberta House. We get a lot of referrals from Roberta's house. And just word by mouth, somebody and I get my cards out and a girlfriend, she might know a young lady on her job, and she'd give me her information, I'll contact her. So it's kind of like network, and then we got cards in the funeral homes. So that's how we put out, you know, a lot of mom's organization is out there, and that's how it works. Excellent. We do appreciate that information, and I do appreciate everything that you've been telling us about. Because a lot of this was all new to me, you know. I, you know, just and um, new to me, and I didn't know we had a group like that around, and that Maryland right. would embrace a group like this, you know, to help. Now, I have a, you know, just a question before we get ready to go, you know, give some get some information from the sponsor of, our, of the show and go on our break. Um, now, what did you think of, you know, the case in Ferguson? You know, what did you think of that case? Because everyone is talking about it. The president went on the air and just, you know, gave his viewpoint of what was going on. So um, in your eyes, as someone who has been through this, what do you think? Just give us a few minutes on that before we get ready to go on break. Well, honestly, you know, my heart went out to the mom and the dad because I know what they're going through. But in the back of my mind, I'm still like, where is the support? Where is the community when these kids are killing each other? Right now on backyards, and it seems still not to be an outrage from people. I don't I don't look at a lot of people saying racism. It, it could be a little part of that more so they wouldn't, if it was a white kid, they wouldn't shout at them more. But black kids are, are shooting at each other. We're not, um, most of my mom, I have about six moms whose kids have been murdered by a police officer, but the other two and 300 moms, all our kids have been murdered by, you know, young black men. 
and it doesn't seem to be an outrage in the community other than the day that it happens. So I was kind of like torn between. But I will tell you, last night at Thanksgiving, my mom's and my sisters and them were talking, and we got a little bit on the conversation, and I didn't want to start out saying anything because I always talk about my sons, but they brought up and they were saying, Ferguson is right here in Baltimore City. You know, uh-huh. we just do this every uh-huh. day. Uh, we need to take care of home first, and then we can be prepared to branch out to help to help other people. We need to get our own city together and our own things together here. Because I don't care I agree. Chinese or white man or whatever, and it, it's so rare, honestly. It is so rare. Not rare, but it doesn't occur as much as this everyday three or four shootings a day right here in Baltimore City murders. Every day. I don't know if we become immune to it. Maybe we call it racism because it had been a white officer that killed that killed him. We enraged, but I don't know if we recall two years ago when Christopher Brown was strangled by a black officer. Right out there in Randallstown, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, officer that got off. Do you remember? It was never thirty or forty people that walked with us, that went to the courthouse with us, went to Annapolis with us. It was never thirty or forty people that helped that mom. And it was a terrible show here in Baltimore, which lets me say it's all right for us to kill each other, but don't let nobody else kill us. We're gonna raise war on you. Yeah, it's you know, to me when I hear it hear what you're saying, it's almost like the devil is using this as a genocide trying to, you know yeah. you know, get rid of the black race, you know, you know, outdo the black race because we're you know, the white man's not always doing it. Is we're doing it ourselves. And we have to get out of that mentality. We have to get out of that mentality. Mm-hmm. But I even go back a little further because I'm not growing up and when I you know, back in the days watching the black movies and stuff, it was all these bad drug dealers and gangsters was killing people. And, and we praised them. Everybody clapping for them. Saying, yeah, sure, he's getting paid. He got this slick Cadillac. He done killed your grandfather. You know, all kinds of stuff. We have allowed mm-hmm. this stuff in our community so long. But it's not wrong with him. Denzel Washington did the movie American Gangster. He was horrible to people, you mm-hmm. know? But they lifted him up like some kind of king or something he came in the neighborhood. Well, that's a sickness we got. We need, we need to get better. We've been talking about right. bad stuff. Yeah, you're stuff 100% sickness. correct. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Austin, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. We're getting ready to go take a little break. I'm um, okay. going to get ahead, give some information about our sponsors, hear a little music, and then, you know, we're going to get some more information about your, um, about moms and how we can contact you. So um, okay. please hold the line. You know, I'm going to um, put you on mute you, mute you so I can give some information about our sponsors, and then we'll go on. Uh, okay? Okay. All right, a note from a sponsor for The Man and the Mirror. <clears throat> music instruction for all learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or, inst- or instrumental lessons, please contact us at, at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our, and to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are ball six too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. Another sponsor is Mr. Mark C. Rose, musician and master piano tuner. 
Mr. Rose does work in the surrounding Baltimore area, and I've actually used him myself. So please contact Mr. Rose at 410-215-2696 for for your new person in piano care and tuning. And we'll now take a break for a song, and when we come back, we'll hear more of Miss Daphne Alston, co-founder of Moms, Mothers of Murdered Sons and Daughters. This is for that little child with no father. For that man that doesn't have a place to stay. For that little boy living with AIDS. Can I tell you a story, tell you a story? You can lean on me. There's a man standing on the corner. He has no home. He has no food. And his blue skies are gone. Yes, it is. Can you hear him crying out? A a girl searching for a father and a friend Praying that soon, someday will end But instead of walking away Oh
my brother. Here's my shoulder. back with the man in the mirror with our guest tonight, Miss Daphne Alston of Moms, Mothers of Murdered Sons and Daughters. And um, as we're coming back, I would like Miss Daphne to give us some, you know, the contact information for moms, you know, give her the, give them your Facebook page and your website information and any contact information, you know, just in case we have some people out in our listening audience that may need to refer someone to you or may want to reach out to you? Sure. Um, basically, our Internet is um, Mothers of Murdered Sons and Daughters of Maryland. And um, I think we just said change. Let me get my – we just said change. You know, she said she's in the process of changing our Facebook um, page yesterday, but you can still go to um, Mothers of Murder, Sons and Daughters of Maryland. That's our website, and uh, we have a PO box if you would like to send us something to contact us, and that's um, PO box fifty seven, Joppa, Maryland two ten eighty five. And you can reach me on my cell at 443-807-0152 or my email is DLO0359 at yahoo.com. Or you also can visit us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash moms, M-O-M-S, of Merlin. And that's basically all our information, you know, that we have right now. Okay. And you on the And then it's um, M D. It's not Merlin or it's uh let me go back over to Facebook dot com slash moms of Merlin. That's a slash behind com. Moms of Merlin. No break in there. Just a slash. Behind.com. Okay, excellent. Now we're at our time. You know, we're at the time where we're going to have. You know, if we have any listeners out there who would like to ask um, Miss Austin or have any questions for Miss um, Austin, co-founder of Moms, along with, if I'm correct, along with Miss Mildred. Sammy, who she said when they first figured out they both went for the same thing of having, you know, both of their children murdered. That's where moms came out of. These two, Miss Sammy and Miss Austin, birth moms, mothers of uh, murdered um, sons and daughters of Maryland. So at this point, I'm going to, you know, if there's anyone that, you know, may want to um, ask a question, um, uh, at this point, I'll just give you that time to chime in. If you chime in, um, I'll unmute you, but everybody's muted right now. But, again, if you chime in, then I'll, you know, let you ask Ms. Alton any questions because I've learned myself, learned a lot of information. And, you know, it's, you know, just like I said, it's a shame that we have to go through this. Sons or our daughters don't get a chance to grow up because they're snuffed out you know, at an early time in their life. But, again, um, if there's anybody out there, just chime in. And if I hear you, I'll, you know, give you a chance to, you know, speak to Ms. Austin. Okay, not a problem, you know. You know, a lot's going on this busy holiday weekend, so busy I can holiday, understand. Yeah. Everybody is out, you know, getting those last-minute um, um, 
Some the thought makers stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but you can actually still give us some more um, information. You know, you know what is it, what do you have on your mind for the future of moms? Because I actually, um, I um, actually went on and checked. You know, the last telecast that you put put up, and I actually seen you. You know, you know when you had your interview. What do we have in the future for moms? Well, moms, we plan on some marches to, of course, to Naples for gun control. But primarily trying to, you know, like I said, sit with her now. We have a new state's attorney who's very interested in us and working with us, Ms. Merlin Mosby. Um, we're talking to Dwight Pettit and some other, you know, lawyers and legal experts and stuff, trying to figure out we just did a uh, went to the Real News last Wednesday. We did a town hall meeting on about the police brutality. We was getting a task force together so that the community could police the community could police the police. So we're working on a lot of uh, a lot of things. We've been invited to. For, so basically, um, you're saying. So what I'm hearing now is now basically we got to we have to start. Policing the police. Who's supposed to be policing us? Right. And they're trying to get a task team together for that. Because I always say, though, the same mentality that's in our young people, they call it, I guess they call it, some call it the 80s crack cocaine era or uh, Generation X or something. You have to keep in mind all of them just on in the street doing violence. A lot of that mentality goes. They they working in jobs. They work in the police. They they teach in school. They um, mentor there a lot. And a lot of them have that same mentality wherever they go. They're just not acting up on the streets with guns and stuff. They everywhere. Banking. Mortgage they everywhere with those attitudes in that. So you put a badge, particularly on an officer, where you give them give somebody with that kind of mentality a badge and a gun. Of course, they're going to they out of control. And so it's it's then they're going to use it, and they're going to use it against people that look like them, people they don't like like them, people they think they have control over. So we, we're seeing the acting up not just basically in, in gun violence, a lot of violence that we have against each other. Mental violence, uh, jealousy, the spirit of jealousy is very, very prominent with that with this age group that we deal with. Uh, so we're just trying to get into the mind of them, but you cannot but tell them the law, you cannot put kids in hickey yet. And try to talk to them really past 12 or 13 years old. That stuff's embedded in them. We have to get to these kids at a young age. Probably start at three, okay. four, five years old talking about violence. And try to catch these kids before they get into the criminal justice system or acting out in classrooms or school or wherever they go. But they want to grow up. The mentality doesn't change. And we, we see them in more places acting up. Than we like to. Okay, I can under, I can agree with that. Now yeah. let me ask you a question: Have you? Do you guys have a? Did you put a program together that you can actually take into the schools and you know discuss it with the principals to see if you can, you know? Yeah, we've been working on that to the moms. We've been working on that. We've talked to to school. Uh, some principals at the school, and we having somebody come in from Roberta's, I mean, um, from the school board on that North Avenue. But the main thing is you got to have volunteers. you got to have these moms more. A lot of them come slow. That they go to the grieving process. You know, that could take up a really good five years. I'm just coming out of moms pretty good last year. I'm not as down and stuff as as I was. So we're trying to get moms to... We, we need the moms. We need to take our son's lives and put it out there so that this has to stop happening. 
it has to, you know, it has to cease and start happening. But you know what? Has got even from the elected officials and the school board, there's still not an urge. There's still not a demand for these days for improvement. Everybody come out very, very strong election time and when something happened, like the case with the three-year-old. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of interviews about the baby being murdered and all that kind of stuff, and then, then what happened? You don't hear about it anymore. You're right. You know, you know a three-year-old, could you imagine burying a baby? And everybody was gun ho because that was high election time. That was high election time, and everybody was on board with us. You don't hear another word about it unless I bring it up. We'll talk to right. a lot. ABC2 News. Um, Amy Overe, I've been doing a lot with her in focus, and she keeps wanting to bring it out to the forefront. But I can't, the mother, I can't get to talk to the mother, the grandparents, or to the people in the community. People don't want to get together. It just bothers me so. There's something so that's wrong with like, us that we allow so stuff. In. Mm-hmm. So basically it seems like we're just accepting it. It happened, yeah. you know, and we're just accepting it instead of trying to do something about it because, you know, when you're dealing with a three-year-old who has been shot, um, and then, you know, yeah, around election time, everybody comes together to try to say something. But once the smoke, right, once, clears. Once, the plan, once the smoke clears up, then everything is back to back to normal. Instead of saying, hey, we shouldn't let this go. We shouldn't let this happen again. What can we do to stop all of this? Right. We have to have we had to organize. Let's play organize. Like Adam always says, try to organize out. We don't need another organization. We all need to get together and find an organization we want to be in. And we need to work it. Right. And we need to work it. We need to see the young people. Let the young people see that we are united. And we're not going to tolerate it. And we're going to try to you know, do our best to get these young people where they need to go at it like but it's it's got to be a total commitment from everybody. Again, I say church, clergy, community council leaders, politicians. Everyone has to play a strong role in it because nobody's exempt from this. I mean, just because you may be the mayor or the police commissioner, something you have children. You know, it's so widespread, and none of us know when that hour, or that moment might come. Right, you're right. Well, we really you don't because uh, the truth be told, it's not outsiders doing this stuff anymore. It's your children, friends, it's their relatives. That's how close it is. They kill somebody if they make you mad. Or kill somebody that's pretty easy. And I'll tell you another thing why it's so messed up. They inundate our minds with that it's always drugs or there's always drugs or gangs and stuff like that, and that's not true. Mm. It is not true. But if you can put that out there so the public would say, mm, I knew that was going to happen to him anyway. It was a matter of time. You know, we make excuses up like that for But if you go to college or anything like that, or you're gonna, then um, somebody, oh, that was a terrible murder. You know what I mean? And everybody right. behind their family, and they think, you know, they got a movie contract, or they're writing a book, or they doing something. But just the ordinary kids out here, they may not choose to go to college. They may have jobs, but they're not out here bothering nobody. You don't have the right to have your life taken from right. you just because people said who's a better person to live. You know what I mean? That was the case most of us would be dead. Well, that's what we do, and we allow that in our community. Oh, he was... He was terrible. How does 12 and 13-year-old become bad, terrible kids? As they emanate what they see. Correct. They do what they allow, and that's the bottom line. So again, junk it goes in, back to what... junk out. 
Right, like computers, you know? junk in, junk out. We learned that a long time ago when we started long working with computers. Right. And we learned that from our four persons. Keep your feet handed objects to yourself. Don't touch nobody. Don't hurt nobody. Don't harm nobody. Mm-hmm. Small lessons that we were taught that go a long way. Yeah, yeah but how but do we, we don't say it anymore? We have to start. We have to start demanding. Like I said, we got to organize demand. The main thing is we should be so outnumbered that you know we can control these video games that they sell and what we buy. It's so much stuff we do. We show on TV. We stuff it on their computer and their cell phones, killing our kids slowly. They don't even know how to communicate with each other anymore. So they don't even know how to talk or love each other. Because they're in a computer world, you know? Right. Now they're in school, no social skills. They don't have to write no more. They don't have to have cursive no more. They don't have to do, you can bring a calculator to class and all that kind of stuff. They just don't have no connection to the world. Don't whatsoever anymore. That's why it's easy to go roll up a gun and kill somebody. You don't know about nothing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Get out of my space. Just get out of my space. Just get out of my space. I definitely understand. No conversation. No, what did you learn in school today? How was school? What's this this you learned? That's one with a church picking the kids up. Out the neighborhood, taking them in there, giving them Bible study, talking to them. There's no more community uh, stuff we do anymore. But I think this guy, that's another thing we do. We do a lot of community. We have a lot of moms. Like every year, whoever's son passed for that particular month, we were in a park. Well, most they give us. So we'll say that this city, like we'll get to Park Lincoln Park. I used to turn the station. Park and we have something for the youth in the neighborhood. So, so at least know at least eight or nine times out of summer we're giving something constructive. But we, yeah. we have music day, but mostly we have talking. This is something very interesting this summer. Now, what we continue with a young man at my church, he works at the YMCA as a teacher in the summer. And there's a group of kids there, I guess you call quote or quote bad or what have you. Some of them pregnant, some die, you know, it's a rough at their age. So they have a little programming brain and try to teach them life skills and things. So then somebody invited me and Chris Brown to come down. Oh, excellent. And it was so wonderful. We had an hour, but I went back to my seat and something happened. And I asked the guy, I said, you have a few more minutes, but the Lord was just laying on my heart. To let these kids talk sometime. We don't never hear from them. Right. And so I opened up some dialogue, and I mean, those hands were going up one by one. They were sharing, sharing, sharing stuff on their house. But they didn't see you know, their father was their mother was on drugs, or their grandmother was mean, or their father was on It was a magnificent hour. I'm crying, they crying, the leaders crying, just the handle keys open up, and they felt something opening up. And they kept calling me and thanking me for, well, first of all, they always thank you for coming, but the second part was we let them speak, you know, because nobody in their room knew about them kids. They just come in every day, you fuss at them, get your work done, don't you want to be a, get your education like it's that easy for them, you know. Right. Like you don't know what I come out of every morning, what I deal with. The most of every kid in the room, so they have four or five, six friends that was murdered, uncles and cousins that was that monkeys. All we do is go through about friends and things. It's so deep to me. So we need to hear from our young people and stop talking at them, you know what I mean? And really see. We we know they're going through. Some people hear in their rap songs. And we ought to pull your pants up, comb your nappy hair. That's a crowd for help. But we overlook that, you know? 
Like, hello, right. world, here I am. Come see about me. You know? Come see right. about me. Yeah, it's real simple stuff that You're 100% we do. correct. The reason. You're 100% Thanks. correct. Can we talk about the rat reason? Other than cussing the kill bitches, the kill women, women, and yeah, listen to them, they're the pain that's in them. Um, my pastor did a sermon about a month ago when he came out. It wasn't out the Bible. He came out of Jay-Z's book. He said, you'd always go past that bookstore and said, I need to... Uh, Really, he said he kept touching that book. He would never buy. He would never buy. It. And the Lord told him just buy that book. And he said he was so mm-hmm. inspired by that. And he talked about one question that all the young people said: How come God don't come to the hood? Why does He let us live like this? Why do our friends have to keep getting murdered and stuff like that? That was deep. It was so. Well, I guess deep. some of That'll be something that some of our um, listening audience will have to um, actually get, so we can know what's going on. Right. But, uh, where our time is, our time is winding down right now, and I just want to first take this time out, Miss um, Austin, for coming on to the Man in the Mirror and sharing your story along with us, Miss, as you and Miss Sammy teamed up together to make a great and big difference in the Baltimore community. And um, I want you guys, those who are listening, to go and I'll put more information. You know, I'll put on our on our um, bulletin board. I'll put the information about moms. Um, go to my website, www.hezekiahalmontgomery.com, and please also sign uh, my guest book. Um, we're now doing a fundraiser for Rediscovering Kaya the Play. Check on my website and go and hit the GoFundMe link, and it will take you to our backer page. Please support the play, which will be out, which we're going towards the summer of 2015. Our goal is to raise $5,000. So, again, please sign and support the cause. And as our time is winding down, we got a um, couple minutes. I just wanted to get that out the way. Uh, Ms. Austin, please give us some more your information, again, how the listening audience can contact you. Okay, again, my cell number is 443 807 0152. My email is DLO0359 at yahoo.com. It reaches on Mothers and Murdered Sons and Daughters of Maryland, that's MD. And then you can like us on our Facebook page. And I'm going to have to read this off the card again because make um, it's new, and um, bear with me, and that's going to be, I just wrote it www.facebook.com slash moms of MD. And that's our information. And we would love to hear where you can go on there and read our page if you have a loved one son or daughter, you can put a picture on them and put a little part of their story on there and just follow our guest list or follow um, upcoming events and all that we're posting. Excellent. And Ms. Austin, I would like to thank you for coming on The Man in the Mirror and give us a reflection of what a mother goes through, what mothers are going through when their sons and daughters are murdered in the community all around our country. Because a lot of times we don't pay attention to that, but it's there. And what we have to do, what we have to do is just continue to keep everyone in prayer. And Ms. Austin, I want you to have a blessed night. And this is Hezekiah L. Montgomery closing out, and I'll meet you at the mirror. But I want you to know tonight you got faith in your trial, in your test, in your hard times.